ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. Today, I want to give you a glimpse into a part of my story, a part of the journey that God has had me on, really an extremely pivotal point in my life. Um, there's a reason that I'm doing this episode um, on this day. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but there's just been a lot, a lot of memories in my heart and in my mind. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to be emotional in this podcast that I really don't feel like I need to give a precursor for that. I feel like I am emotional in most of my podcasts. And uh, it's just because I try to be real with you guys. I try to share my heart and often that comes with tears <laughs> because either the lesson is just so real in my heart that I'm just kind of emotional about it or um, like today's episode is going to be just through raw emotion that God worked and moved in my life. Um, so anyway, be, be prepared for some tears to come. Um, but I just, I, I want to use this episode. I'm going to share a very dark part of my story. But God is God is worthy of glory in the good times and in the bad times. And that's what I hope to do today. I hope to use my hurt and my brokenness to encourage you and point you to Christ. Because I I've lived long enough to know that you are either coming out of a trial, you are currently in a trial, or you are going to be soon entering into a trial. And that might be like a kind of a dismal outlook on life, but it, it is life. We live in a fallen world. There is sin. There is brokenness. There is sickness. There is hurt. Um, it, it's just a part of it. It is a part of life. But the crux of all of that is how we deal with it. Do we get bitter? Do we allow circumstances and life to break us? Or do we cast our brokenness at our Savior's feet, casting all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. And I, and as I share today, I don't at all want to make it sound like Brittany has mastered how to handle grief because that is the farthest thing from the truth. Um, but God has taught me lessons and I have gained some victory as God has brought me through different trials. Um, and, and so I just want to share my heart with you. But um, I guess I need to back up. So it is, we're in mid-March. Um, I'm going to rewind to, let's see, end of the year 2016. So my husband and I, um, we love to sing together, and we were kind of in a rotation of singing a lot of duets at our church. We were practicing, uh, just saying, we had kind of sing a couple different times in a row, you know, in the, the past few months, and we were practicing our song, 
my husband looked at me and he was like, um, I just realized that pretty much all the songs that we sing have kind of the same theme. They're all about how we've been through trials, but God's been faithful, God's been good, and he's brought us through those trials. And he just kind of off the cuff made the remark, I don't know that we're the best people to sing these songs. We've never really walked through anything super challenging. We've never had our faith tested. Uh, Maybe we should leave these songs to somebody who can sing this as a testimony of experience. Um, There's lots of other songs out there. Maybe we should get a little bit of a different topic. Anyway, we sang the song um, for my good and for his glory. And friends, (laughs) it was but a few months later that we walked through the trial that really for the first time in either of our lives, we fell smack on our face and we had a choice to make. We could choose um, to wallow in grief and self-pity and hopelessness, or we could cling to the cross like our life depended on it. And I'm so thankful. I'm so, so thankful that our trials drove us to the foot of the cross because it was there that we, we really, we came to know God in a whole new way. Um, I've shared my testimony in the first episode of this podcast. I was saved at the age of 10 um, and God had been working in my heart as I, you know, through my growing up years, really in high school, I've really started to surrender my life and pursue Christ. And God was doing a work. God was leading and God was guiding. My husband has a lot of the same testimony, um, saved at a young age, really tried to start intentionally pursuing Christ in high school. God was growing. God was working. We're so thankful um, that we were brought up in church, that we had godly Christian influences in our lives. But up until March of 2017, it really was a head knowledge. Um, We had been sponges that had just soaked and soaked and soaked and soaked truth. And, you know, this is who so-and-so says God is. And this is who so-and-so said God is. And this is what the Bible says about who God is. Um, But it it was in March 2017 that we had to start wringing out that sponge and really living it for ourselves. So... um, it was a spring day in March of 2017. Eden was five months old, maybe. Um, so just a little baby. Simeon was at work. I We had had a busy morning. <laughs> I love her to death, but she is not a good sleeper. Um, so the afternoon came around. It was her nap time, and it was mommy's nap time. I needed some rest as well. So I nursed her. We were laying in my bed together, and I, I was so tired. I was like, I'm not even going to move her to her bed. We're just going to cuddle and we're going to take a nap. So I was kind of like in that half in, half out, almost asleep. And my phone started vibrating. And I was like, okay, I wonder who that is. So I kind of came out of my um, almost asleep state. And I looked and I was like, it's my dad. And it kind of caught me off guard. Um, if If you've been listening to my podcast, my dad and I are so close. I mean, really best friends. It was not always that way. Um, long story, maybe God will 
give us liberty at some point to share our story. Um, But anyway, at the time, we just weren't super close. It was kind of odd that my dad was calling me. Um, And it, it was right in the middle of nap time. I was tired. So I laid my phone down and I was like, you know what? I'll just call him back later. But then it was something in my heart that just prompted me, no, pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone, I answered, and I kind of just whispered, didn't want to wake up Eden, and I was like, hello? The next two words changed my life. On the other end of the line, my dad said, Clay's dead. Now, I'm the oldest of four. Um, I had a brother that's 18 months younger than me. That's Clay. Um, we have a sister that is 10 years younger than me, Juliana, and a brother that is 15 years younger than me, Justice. Um, so kind of almost two sets of kids, but Clay, Clay and I were 18 months apart and we, (laughs) we had an amazing childhood. Everybody thought we were twins just because, I mean, we, we were just so close in age. He quickly caught up to my size. Then he like quickly surpassed me. Um, and then everybody thought that I was the younger one. Um, but we, we just had fun. And, you know, I look back on our growing up years, Clay and I were either best friends or absolute worst enemies. I mean, it was just, it was either end of the spectrum. And I think, you know, if you have kids that are close in age, it kind of comes with the territory. Um, take heart, moms. Stay faithful. Encourage your kids to love one another, to just have Christ's heart as they relate to their siblings. Because once we got in high school, God just did such a work in our relationship. And, and I mean, it wasn't a bad relationship. It was just normal kid tit for tat stuff. But in high school, um, God just knit our hearts together. Really, my family relocated from Virginia to Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was in ninth grade. Clay was in seventh grade. So I think it might have just been that at that kind of major time in our lives, you know, just getting on the precipice of teenager and puberty and all of that, we had a huge move to um, just a place that we didn't know anybody, a new youth group, new church. And so we kind of just had to band together because it was him and me against a whole new world. Um, but we we did. We got so close. And I have so many wonderful memories of him. Every Friday night, we would have a movie night together, um, you know, and, and we started arguing about well, what movie to watch. So we were like, you know what? OK, we're just going to rotate this Friday. You pick next Friday. I pick the next Friday you pick. And we just rotated like that. And it's so funny because I can appreciate superhero movies and war movies, and Clay learned to appreciate Anne of Green Gables and romance movies, and you know, it's just, oh, such, such sweet memories, and we we were so close. Um, Clay enlisted in the Army um, right after high school, served four years. He was stationed in Germany for about two years. God worked in miraculous ways and brought him home for my wedding. We didn't think that would happen, but God did it. And it was such a precious thing for me to have him at my wedding. Um, He was currently in Germany at the time. Um, Then Clay had just gotten out of the army December of 2016. I I had just actually had Eden. Um, So he got to meet Eden. And oh, my word, he (laughs) he was just enraptured with her. 
to say he spoiled her is an understatement. He just, he adored her. Um, and then I believe it was January. He moved back to Germany. So he's out of the military now, moved back to Germany while he had been stationed over there. He met and fell in love, um, with a girl over there. And so they got married in February and it was exactly a month and a day after they got married that I got the phone call from my dad. It's incredible. I, you know, it's been four years ago. That's why this episode um, is, is coming out today because it's, it's coming up on the four year anniversary of his death. Um, it's been four years since that happened. But I can close my eyes and I can be back in that moment and everything about that moment can be so real to me. I can literally hear my dad's voice. I can hear his tone. I can hear his brokenness. I I can feel just the gut-wrenching feeling of what? What? This can't be true. Um, at the time, my dad didn't really know any of the details, so he's like, I, I gotta go, I, I gotta call your mom, I gotta, we gotta figure some stuff out, I just needed you to know. Um, next thing I remember, I was on our living room floor calling Simeon, just crying, <laughs> and just yelling to him, Clay died, Clay died. Simeon left work immediately, came home. Uh, we made a few phone calls to some close friends and family, and we got on the road, and we went up to Kingsport, where my family's located. Um, and the days that followed forever changed the course of my life. We came to find out that Clay had hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is a condition that they say that he's kind of had forever. Um, basically, it's just the more you exert um, this certain muscle in your heart, the harder and harder and harder it gets until eventually it is so hard and so taut that it does not allow your heart to beat anymore. And that's what they said happened that he just, he went to sleep that night, um, and his heart just stopped. Um, you know, as we look back over details and as we reflect on everything, God is just so, so good. Even in something like that, you know, Clay didn't suffer. He just, he closed his eyes and he opened them and he was in the presence of his Savior. And I'm thankful for that. Um, Clay wasn't perfect. Um, none of us are. None of us are. But Clay did love the Lord. And I'm so thankful for the hope of heaven. Let me just pause here and say... If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I know I did this in the episode, but it's just, it's on my heart. Maybe there's somebody that is listening that's like, I don't know how you got through that. I don't know how I got through that other than the sheer fact that I have hope in Christ, that my hope is resting in Him. 
And if you don't have that hope, if you do not have the promise of heaven and eternity with Christ, if he is not your Lord and Savior, please reach out to me. Listen to the first episode of this podcast where I share the gospel. Friend, you need Christ. Christ, he makes all the difference in life. And what I'm going to share today, these gifts that I discovered in grief, you will not discover them when grief strikes apart from Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to throw that in there. If you do not know him, come to know him because he is wonderful. But it was in the next few days that all of the sudden our family was just really thrown into a mass of details. Clay was in Germany. So, um, you know, do we bury them there? Do we send them back to the States? We were trying to do all these autopsies to figure out what exactly happened. Um, and, and if you've lived through death or loss like that, you know what I'm talking about when all of a sudden, you know, our life is fine. It's going the norm, following your schedule. And then all of a sudden, something happens and you are shattered. But while you're broken and while you're grieving, everybody's looking to you for funeral details and life can't just stop. You can't just crawl in a hole and cry. You have to keep going. You have to move forward. There are still people depending on you. Um, and it was hard. It was hard. You know, I, I remember that night, um, from the day that we found out we were, we were up at my parents' house. I remember I couldn't sleep. I just, I could not sleep. And I was sitting on their stairs, just pouring my heart out to God. You know, I didn't even know what to pray. I was so, so broken. I didn't even know what to say. Then just, Lord, you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me. I remember trying to read my Bible. I thought his truth is in his in his word. I'm going to cling to that. But I couldn't read my Bible. I just, there were so many tears in my eyes. I couldn't even see my Bible. And I thought, what am I going to do now? I can't even read what I need for comfort. And it amazed me. And, and I'm not, I'm not good at scripture memory. I, you know, I did a lot of that growing up in school, but as I've gotten older, that has not been a strong suit of mine. It really wasn't even something that I had made as much of a priority as I should. But I was amazed at the scripture that God flooded my heart and mind with. I was amazed at the hymns that God just washed over my heart that brought me so much comfort. I could not see that I could not keep the tears from flowing to even read my Bible, but God was still there and God still used his truth to minister to my heart. And I I said earlier, but it was in that trial that things that I had heard about God for a long time, 20 something years, I lived I had heard God's comfort, God is peace, God is trustworthy, God is faithful, God's our Father. When we're broken, when we're hurting, we can come to Him with anything and cast our cares on Him. I had heard that. I had never been in a place where I had to do that to literally survive, Um, but that's where I found myself. And can I just say that when I found myself there... God proved true. 
God proved to me that he was faithful. You know, these were anchors at the time were in a sea of grief and the tumultuous waters of of just doubt and lack of understanding and confusion and hurt as they sought to just rip my soul from the arms of my Savior. It was the truth about who God was that I came to note and experience for myself that were anchors that held me to the rock. And, you know... It's been four years, obviously, if you're listening to this, there's still grief and there's still sorrow, but God has healed a lot of the wounds. Um, I, you know, life, life has went on. We have continued, um, you know, their, their sorrow still rears its ugly head. Grief hits, you know, there are some times when I look at my kids and I think just how much I knew that Clay loved Eden in the you know, in my pregnancy and the few months that he knew her, I look at Knox and Ivy and I think, oh, Clay would love you. Clay would love you. Um, but you know, I, I've thought before, you know, there, there was a time where I thought, I wish you were here. I just wish that you were here. You're missing out. Look at all that you're missing out on. But God corrected my heart. And God reminded me in his tender, loving way. It's like God wrapped his arms around me and said, Oh, my precious child, he's not the one missing out. He's not the one missing out. He would say that you're the one missing out. He would say, Oh, Brett, I can't wait for you to join me. I can't wait to be together again. Wait till you get here. You... You are the one missing out. And you know, I I miss Clay. I do. I miss him. But I wouldn't wish him back for anything. I just look forward to the day when I join him at the feet of our Savior and together we just fall down and worship. Because God has been so good to me. And God has been so good to my family in spite of things that we might look at and say, that was hard. That that almost broke us. That almost shattered us. God was faithful. God was there. And God gave us these gifts. At the time, they were my anchor. But as I look back now, I see these were precious gifts from the Lord. These are things that I've come to experience personally. No one can ever ever take these things away from me. Nobody can convince me that they are not real because I have lived them. And these are some gifts that I discovered in grief. The first one is that God's grace is so sufficient. A gift that I received was God's sufficient grace. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Another gift that we received was God's unending comfort. Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Another gift we discovered was God's perfect peace. And let me just insert here. 
if you've ever been through a trial and experienced God's perfect peace, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, there's nothing, nothing like his peace. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how when you're going through a valley like this, how you can be calm and how you can have peace. Yeah, we were sad. Yeah, we were broken. But there was a peace. There was just something something different about going through it, leaning on Christ. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. God kept us in perfect peace through it all. And I'm so thankful. Another gift that we discovered was God's sweet rest. Jeremiah 35, the end of that verse is, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. He does. When your soul is sorrowful, he will replenish you. He will give you his rest, his peace, his comfort, his grace. And ultimately, as I spoke before, hope. When a Christian faces death, it's not an end. Really, it's a beginning. Clay's life did not end March 17th, 2017. No, maybe his physical life ended. His spiritual life just continued. His his soul met his Savior, and that's where he will be for eternity. And what a hope we have in Christ. You know, Clay's death was only the beginning of some dark, soul-crushing waters that my family would have to walk through. And I'm so thankful that God used that loss to drive the truths a mile deep in our hearts. Because I would need the confidence of those promises to carry me through the trials that waited ahead. And, you know, I'm not naive enough to think that the trials are done. I know that there's going to be more trials in the future. But I also know that there are things that God has concreted, I mean, bedrock in my soul that I know that he is there, that he is with me, that he will never forsake me, that he will never fail me, that he is good and that he is God and that he is my God. And that no matter what I face, it comes through his hands. Everything that enters my life comes through the hands of a loving father. You know, at the time I I did, I asked the question, why I asked the question, why God, why did you take him? Four years later, I'm still receiving answers to that question. And God doesn't always answer our question of why. Um, But I remember talking to my dad just days after. And, you know, we, we prayed together that God would make our loss bigger than our loss. This is what we meant by that. We didn't want, we didn't want our story to stop at, oh, how sad this poor family lost a son, lost a brother. We wanted God to use that dark chapter in our story years to come as we try to minister and encourage others who walk through that same valley or even to walk through whatever trial it is. You know, these aren't gifts that I've discovered just in the grief of death. Really, Clay's death was one of the first things 
that started kind of a snowball of trials for our family. Um, there again, as God gives liberty and, and as I feel like the Holy Spirit guides, I, I hope to share more of my story with you. Not at all to, you know, say, oh, look at Brittany, look how she handled things, or even to focus on my story. No, my story is simply the accounts of God's amazing goodness in the life of one human being. And I hope that's what you're gleaning as I'm sharing this part of my story. It's just that God is good. God is good in the mountain, on on the mountaintop, in the valley. God is good. He's faithful. And he does all things for a purpose. Um, you know, and, and there have been opportunities since Clay's passing that we have been able to encourage and minister to people who have walked through loss. Um, but God is continuing to use his death in our lives to grow us, to change us, to make us more like Christ. And I, I said earlier that that trial was a pivotal point in my life. What do I mean by that? The head knowledge became a heart knowledge. And my life, Simeon's life, the life of our close family, the life of my dad and my siblings, it has forever, forever been changed for the better. You know, I look back and, and sometimes when I share that, people are like, was it worth it? If you had to do it over again, would you choose things to happen how they happened? I, I don't know. <laughs> that's a like That's a loaded question. One, I'll never have the opportunity, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time entertaining that thought. Um, Would I choose to lose Clay? My flesh says no. Um, I know God had a plan. My cousin actually got saved at his funeral. So there were many, many wonderful things that came out of his passing. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm not God. I God, I'm just trusting that he knew what he was doing and that all things work together for good. Um, But I will tell you this. I would never, never trade these gifts. I would never trade the lessons and the beauty that has come out of the ashes of losing clay. I'd never trade those things for anything in the world. I don't want to go back to the person that I was before I walked through that trial. Was it hard? You have no idea. Is it still hard? Yeah. Yeah, life's went on. Joy has come. More sorrow has come. Um, but yeah, it's still, it's still hard. Um, but I, I would never trade it. I would never trade what God has done in our lives because God has given us a sharp focus on some of his character. God has driven us, like I said, to the foot of the cross. And friend, there is nowhere else I'd rather be. I hate that it took drastic measures to get me there. I wish I would have just went there on my own. But now that I've been there, I don't ever want to leave. That's where I want to stay. I want to stay at the feet of my Savior. God is so good. He has been so good to our family. And I just want to close this out with uh, just a couple sweet things um, that we were able to 
encourage people with through Clay's passing. Um, at Clay's funeral, I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget it. At the end of the funeral, we had them sing, What a Day That Will Be. And my dad led our family up to the front and we knelt at the casket and my dad looked at us and he said clay was never mine clay was never mine clay was always god's god just let me borrow him for a while and now clay is back in heaven with god and that that spoke to me. You know, I, I'm, I was a new, very brand new mom at the time. Um, I have three kids now and I think about that often. I think about those words. They're not mine. They're not mine. They're God's. And however God best sees fit to use their lives and their stories to bring him glory, may I humbly submit and remember they're just on loan to me. They're not mine. They're his. I pray that, that that realization will cause me to be a good steward, that I will be faithful knowing that, <laughs> that they're just mine for a short amount of time, that I need to be so intentional about pouring the truth of who God is and his word into their hearts that I need to be raising them to be lights for Christ, encouraging them to have a relationship with the Lord and to love Him. But ultimately, I, I just I have to remember not to hold on to them too tight, but to remember that however God works in their lives, if if He calls them to the mission field far away from Mama's reach, if if He, however He leads, if. If it's sickness, if it's death, they're not mine. But may Christ, through my life, through my children's life, through my husband's life, through our family's life, may he receive all the glory due his name, however best he sees fit. And you know, there has been time and time and time again where God has received glory through Clay's death, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because he is worthy, and you know, I think if Clay could come back, or if there's something that he could say, I think that's what he'd say. I think he wouldn't say, oh man, my time was cut short, or I wish I wish I could have done this, I wish I had more time. I think he would have said, he's worthy, he's worthy. And whatever he sees fit to bring him glory, he's worthy of it. And like the song said, it's for his glory, but it is also for our good. Much good has come through this trial, and I'm thankful for it. I pray that this episode just encourages you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if, if you're in a place where you're broken, and you're just wondering, how, how can I breathe? How can I move forward? How can I ever have joy again? Friend, there is hope in Christ. There are gifts to find even in the hard times. Lean on Him. 
Lean on him. Claim his promises. Trust him. And you will find over and over and over that he is good. He is so good. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.